Yeah, we say a very special good afternoon to Attorney at Law, Vibra the Third, Chairman of the True Labour Party and a member of Faithful National. Good afternoon, sir. Good afternoon, Dave. Good afternoon, Antigua and Barbuda. So nice to be back on your show. Well, always good to have you. I, I, let me talk to me about uh, uh, True Labour. Uh, any any new uh, any new way going? Any focus? Any anything happening out there that I can interest uh, the general public to become part of True Labour? Well, of course, um, anybody we can contact me, Charlene, any of our members, um, and come and see what we're all about. We don't like you just to pay a membership and and say you're a member. You need to come and see us for two, three, four occasions. Mm. How we conduct ourselves at our executive meeting, our general meetings. And then you make a decision. Usually we give you um, a copy of our constitution, either hard copy or um, get electronically. And we give you a, a copy of our 2014 manifesto. And you make the decision. We don't want it to, it, a situation where you join an organization without thinking about it. And then you find you're in India. And then you don't want to be a part of it. So we like you to know what you're, it's all about. And then you sign up. Yeah, we, we signed up uh, one gentleman on Monday. We had at our last meeting, you know, so mm. people, are, people are coming in. Not in the droves, I would admit to that. But um, as I said, we have our plans. So when we really start our membership drive, mm -hmm. right now we're just, you know, holding pattern. And the party has really been focused on um, keeping the pickets with the faithful nationals going. And that is what I would like to speak about today because we're having a picket at Heritage Key tomorrow, starting at 9 o'clock till Heritage 12. Key? Heritage Key. We're you know what they said the last time you guys went down there? Yeah. You ran the cruise ships. We ran away a whole cruise ship. The captain saw us picketing peacefully. <laughs> no no, no riot, no tear gas, no no harm to individuals, no damage to property. And because they saw a picket and a man on a uh, bullhorn mm. um, on the, 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 the first tier of steps going up the steps to Heritage Key on um, Thames Street, and the crew just saw that and said, boy, the, na the natives must be restless. I can't, I can't go into that port. But are the natives restless? Are the natives restless? <laughs> <laughs> no, but I don't know why I'm saying it. It's like, what was the danger? Mm. There's been no complaints to the police by any citizen or anybody visiting Antigua and Barbuda or the cruise ships about a picket taking place where they saw some harm happening to their passengers. Mm. So, how how did you come to the conclusion that we ran a whole boatload of people? <laughs> it's just nonsense. It's, it's not nonsense. just one boat, no, it's many boats. Many boats we ran out of Antigua. Oh, yeah, the, all the, 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 the ones that, that said they're not coming in September. Mm. They heard a, 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 a peaceful picket took place. But you remember, these individuals are coming from the United States and Europe where in France just three weeks ago. It's 200 people in Paris, you know. That is the most popular destination for tourists in Europe. In Paris, they had a riot where 200 protesters went to jail. That's the yellow, yellow, yellow vest. The yellow, yellow vest, vest. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And they had police officers being injured, tear gas being thrown, pepper spray being sprayed into people's eyes. But when they come to Antigua, the government officials, more so Max Harris, is telling us they don't want to see a peaceful picket where nobody is injured at all. It's foolishness. Mm. You remember in America they had um, um, Take Back Wall Street? Remember that movement? Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. They were down in Wall Street mm -hmm. and they actually took over one of the parks down there. They camped. They camped in the park, even in, though you know in, the park in and numbers. Them, the park and them was supposed to be um, open at a certain point in time in the night. Then in they closed. Fact, guess what? They had mm. to take uh, toilets and all kinds of things to facilitate the Facilitate folks who were them because it was so bad down there. Mm. And that is the reason why they had to move them out. Occupy Wall Street. Because yeah, remember, that was they took the name the park, of it. Occupy Wall Street. Occupy Wall Street. That's about what? Seven, eight years ago. I don't remember the time, yeah, but yeah. I remember it. Well. that time. And mm. 
the whole idea was that they were illegally staying in the parks over the time because the parks in them are closed mm-hmm. at a period of time in the night to prevent vagrants and people doing all kinds of things. They camped out there. They camped out there, break the law and everything. There are tourists that go down to Wall Street and Trinity Place to look at all the, the, the architecture. Remember, the, further down they have also the, the what was the um, World Trade World Center. Trade Center yeah. And the, the, the new World Trade Center. No, these are tourist destinations. Mm-hmm. I've never heard it. Do not have a peaceful protest in America or any country in the Western Hemisphere because your tourists mightn't like a legal, safe, no incident picket taking place. I look at Brexit just recently. The folks was were in the streets. Street. But don't you remember just several years ago when they, when they killed the police, killed a black guy, and all those English little kids get out in the street and they burned and they burned and people died? Mm-hmm. And that, that, that happened. These are, these are realities that happen in these countries. Now our government or government officials are saying we must not exercise our constitutional right to protest. And I say that cannot be right. We in the faith for nationals, nobody is talking about any riot. There's nobody who is, is, is telling people to go out there and to interfere with people or to harm people or to damage property. It is a peaceful protest that is guaranteed under the Constitution of Antigua and Barbuda. And the way we carry out the protest is based on the Public Order Act. And we have a right to do so. We have done it on one occasion, and then we heard all this stuff. I think it was Max started off with the nonsense. Then um, Philip Shaw was in the Senate talking about we shouldn't go down there. <laughs> but I'd like any of these individuals, if they want to stop me, I'll be down there tomorrow. So you can come down there and try to enforce your version of the law on me. But I am armed with the Constitution. Mm-hmm. And then the next thing we heard was, oh, y'all only had uh, 50 or 100 picketers. But remember, one man and God is an army. That yeah. is what I remind them about. Mm-hmm. And I remember even more so, Max Hurst, back in 1955, his father was a general secretary carrying the same name, Lionel Hearst, who paid the picketers, six picketers, to go and picket O'Neill Drugstore. You will remember where it was? I didn't know. I was born 71. I was a little too young. But I am told <laughs> I, from reliable sources, and you can confirm that it was on Thames Street and High Street, right where the Kentucky used to be. Yeah. Right? It was mm-hmm. on that corner. So yeah. what Mr. Hurst and Hurst Jr. I'm talking about is saying that a hop skip and a jump away from where we're picketing, his father used to picket there. And the union was picketing that place and there was a whole lot of confusion that went on there. I think someone got hurt or something there. People mm-hmm. were threatened, assaulted, battered. There was one guy that was, I think it was Levi Joe, he was the only one that was found guilty of nuisance. But the judge did find that the, the conduct of the picket was intimidatory to mm. not only the owners of the drugstore, but their patrons. You understand? And this is the reality. You know where I got this judge? Look at the judgment right here. You mm. know where I got this from? No. Max Hurst, he gave me the judgment. He was talking about the... He gave it to you? He gave me... I didn't know... I, I heard him on the radio talking about it, and I asked him for a copy. So he gave me a copy of the judgment, the O'Neill Judge saw cases. Mm. And he was talking it as such an uh, uh, example on the legacy of the Antigua Trade and Labor Union fighting for the laborers, which was what the situation was. Mm. They had an employee at O'Neill's drugstore, uh, Avril Winter, and she was terminated. Just to make it sure, she was terminated from employment. And the employer did not tell her the reason for termination. They just said, you're, you're fired, fine. here's your money, go. Mm. Didn't know. The general secretary 
Lionel Hurst Sr. was told by the executive to organize a picket. He employed six picketers to go over there and picket. By the time they heard about it, the other people, it became 12 people. And it generally, gradually grew. They even had Jim Galloway, my old buddy from mm -hmm. um, um, Lone Wolf Days. Mm -hmm. He was on the picket line. He was in some steel band. He went up there with the steel band was playing. It was a ruckus they caused over there. Mm -hmm. But it is one of the most important cases that ever came out of Antigua, if not the most important case. Because you see, the case went all the way up to the Privy Council. Oh, okay. So it establishes or confirms that when you fire somebody, they need to know what Why? they were terminated mm -hmm. for. What mm -hmm. is the reason? Because it could be unfair dismissal. But you just say, hey, take your money, we don't want you. So they can't even respond to say, you just left guessing. And you only know we left guessing. And if you go back to the employer and the employer doesn't say anything, all they can say, I was fired. So even now, the law really is now is that if they do not notify you within seven days of why you were terminated, when they carry the matter to the labor commissioner or you reach industrial court, you cannot rely, the employer cannot rely on a reason after when he did not respond in, in seven, seven days. days you can't okay. come and say but we, this was the reason even we, if you we, have a good reason you know yeah, you we, can't rely on it we gotta take a break okay okay <laughs> attorney at law weber of the third is with us chairman of the true labor party and member of the faithful nationals this event that's coming up tomorrow a protest is coming up tomorrow but we were speaking about the judgment the judgment yes yes and that went all the way to the privy council it went all the way to the privy council so it is a case that is internationally recognized in all the the, the countries that still rely on the privy council mm. and even the countries that don't is may not be binding in some jurisdiction but is persuasive authority and this is one of the bedrocks that you can't just fire somebody until they get out of your shop and take your money and go. Mm. You have to notify them of why in writing in Antigua within seven days after they are terminated. But what is interesting to note, and I'm reading from the judgment here, the picketing took place pursuant to the resolution referred to above of the Executive Committee of the Trades and Labor Union of the 9th of September 1955. After the meeting, the appellants Joseph Number 7 and Hearst, the General Secretary, engaged six paid picketers to picket the respondents' business premises. So that, those are the people who organized this thing along with the executive of a court. Let me read another part on page 5. The trial judge approached this question as follows. He found that the appellants, other than Samuel, had by the resolution of the 9th of September 1955 agreed to the picketing of the respondents' premises, that the General Secretary had appointed the pickets pursuant to the authority conferred on him by the resolution, that the pickets to, to uh, so appointed had used coercion, intimidation, and threats of personal violence, that the pickets so appointed were the servants of the appellants who were liable for the acts of their servants. He accordingly held that although the predominant ob object of the picketing was the furthering by the appellants of their own interests, they had conspired to achieve their purpose by the use of unlawful means. And what I'm telling the people of Antigua, and more so Lionel Max Hurst, is that the faithful nationals will not be conducting themselves like his father and my grandfather and several other of the 39ers and the national heroes and bedrocks of our society did back in 1955. We will not be conducting ourselves like that. I mean, I, when I heard, I heard Mr. Hurst say that whoever conducted this thing, we, we were wicked. Mm. So I'm wanting to know what he thinks of the picket at O'Neill Drug Store because it is in the same vicinity 
of where we are picketing. Mm. Now, you know, they're going to come with the, oh, but that was 1955 and we didn't have so many tourists, if at all. But what I'd like to counter, my counter response is, suppose Miss Avril Winter was working down at Heritage Key and she was terminated in 2019. Would Mr. Hurst support a picket by the ATNLU in Heritage Key? Mm-hmm. Or is that not for the union to look about laborers' interests and they're more concerned with the cruise tourists coming to the port? That's my question to them when they're saying that what happened back in 1955 should not be done today. It is about the laborers. And what we are concerned about are the laborers who work down at this port of entry in Heritage Key with the GPH agreement, which we're hearing it is signed and is already a done deal, but then they're going back to change certain clauses or terms in the contract. I've never heard of a government in Antigua that put the cart before the horse on so many occasions, Dave. This is not the first time where they had to go and revisit contracts because obviously they haven't read the contract. It has not germinated on their mind of actually what they are signing on to. The fact that the government is saying they signed off on a contract did not inform the citizens of something that is going to affect them or all of us because it's a major part of our tourism industry, right? And now they're saying after there's objections by the persons who uh, have interest down here that they're going to take out certain clause or reduce the time of the, the, the lease, something is wrong. You're supposed to inform the people of Antigua and Barbaro of what you intended to do. And then we can have our input. It seems like if they only want their input after the fact. And technically they're wrong because if they've already signed that contract, that's really the end of the story. The GPH does not have to change any contract. I guess they figure they're, they're more likely to gain still with whatever amendments made than lose. So mm-hmm. they're fine with it. But if they want to stand fast on a signed contract, they can carry this government to court. And they will be paid heavily, not by the Prime Minister or the AG or whoever signed off on it is the taxpayer of Antigua will be responsible for the foolishness that they have done. Now, my main objection to the Global Port Agreement is that it is a giveaway. And when I say giveaway, oh, they have, oh, it's a lease, so it can't be a giveaway. It is a giveaway. Because if you are saying that for another 40 years, Antiguans and Barbudans do not have a say in the running of the port. You're not saying that it's a sheer agreement of the risk and the profit, where there's 51% the government of Antigua is holding for the people of Antigua and Barbuda, so they will have the final say. You're saying for 40 years, that is out of our hands. Whatever they do down here, when Global Port Holding decide that they don't want the taxi men so close to Heritage Key, they have to stay further up the road or by the bus station, what is the government going to say? They're but, going to go but, back and change the contract? But, but, but I keep saying something and I'll keep them in the jacket. 30 yes. years in the first instance. No, it is 40 years. I am, I, I'm, I'm not playing any, any semantics. Um, I, I, what I find in our country, culture in Antigua, we like to play around with words and we like to play around with numbers. Mm-hmm. It is 30 years and an addition of um, 10 years that they have. They can, they can get 10 further years. Right? Mm-hmm. So if you have a 30-year sweetheart deal, most likely you're going to take up the option for another 10 years. So don't play six and nine with me. 
Mm. It is 40 years. Nobody's going to turn down such a deal and say, no, we're making too much money, so uh, we don't want that extra 10 years. F okay, maybe they don't understand it in the Queen's English, so I'll give them to them in the rubber. A 40 years, it be. 40 years? 40 years, it be. Mm. Bottom line. Straight okay. up. I but, hope I clarified that. But, to but they're making provisions to change it. Yeah. Uh, after the fact. Mm -hmm. After the fact. Now, tomorrow's picket starts at what time? Tomorrow picket starts at 9 o'clock. We'll be gathering up there before 9, but we should really start to picket um, from 9 o'clock and we go all the way down to 12 o'clock. Um, as I said, it's various um, political organizations, activist groups, concerned citizens. The crowds have been very, very good, and people, you see them on the road, you don't even you know their names. As I say, when's the next picket? You know, and the fact that we are getting it out on social media and people are seeing what we're all about. I mean, if the police thinks there's something wrong with our pickets, they have the options to even look at our Facebook page and you can see what, what took place. Mm -hmm. So it is also beneficial to us that if they try something with us, everything is recorded. You understand? What I dislike most about a picket, and I've been doing that for quite a while now, you know, is that I find that the police officers the ordinary officers who is there to enforce the law is ignorant of the laws under the Public Order Act and how a picket is conducted. Yeah. Let me give you an example. When I used to picket with the lone wolves, mm -hmm. and that's one of my aliases also. The lone wolf, yeah. We were picketing the Chinese embassy. You, you, got, you want some money for that? Which one? Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. No. That, um, they said they, they didn't sign off on the bill, the, the, um, the, the budget as yet. So, they tell me so you haven't got the money, is it? No, no. no. Dave, you know you would have got something, uh, <laughs> a, big, a big glass of uh, um, yeah. Dom Par in your bottle or something. You know? <laughs> yeah, N nice red wine. <laughs> well, yeah. I, you want red wine, I give you champagne. Come on, man. Dave. <laughs> Wait, so rich, which, which too rich for your palate? <laughs> yeah. yeah, so. Anyway, what, I, what I was getting back to say that one time we were picking a Lone Wolf out at the Chinese Embassy in Marby Hill. Mm. And then we heard a, a, a siren coming up the road, police car blazing up the road. You have this undercar crime stoppers, mm. and he's blazing up that road, the Marby Hill Road. The, the officer probably did not know where the, the embassy was, so he probably realized at the last minute, so he made a turn before he raided the hill. But the car nearly overturned because he was blazing up there so fast, I suppose he thought he was fighting crime because mm. I don't know what he's rushing to get there for. It's a picket. If anybody's supposed to be protected, protected by the, the law enforcement officers, it's the picketers because they're exercising their right on the Constitution. In his mind, I believe it is we're disturbing the Chinese and you shouldn't be doing this. And another occasion, I remember when we were picking... So what did they do when they get there? What did they do to you? What did the police officer do to The officer, they were acting hostile, like we were doing something wrong. Mm -hmm. On another occasion, they started to, to uh, threaten some of the, um, the picketers that are going to take away their cell phones if they take video of them. You're on duty. You're not an you ordinary... You mean if you take a picture of the police officer? Oh, video, yeah. They, they're they, going to they, take away your cell phone? They're going to take... No, they were going to arrest one of our guys. Mm. You know, that is what I dislike, that their pickets being conducted, you have law enforcement undergoing enforcing law that they're ignorant about. Even just two weeks ago, it looked like the, the riot squad was up there at, um, by the parliament and it looked like they were coming to take me away because I was picketing on the parliament side of Queen Elizabeth Highway. Mm -hmm. I explained to them, listen, it is guaranteed my right to picket government buildings on the second schedule of the Public Order Act. It doesn't say you can picket. It says you can picket parliament government buildings, you can pick it to courthouse. It expressly states so in the second schedule. 
So am I telling the officer, you don't want me to pick it on the side of the parliament. You want me to go on the other side, the southern side of the road. If I wanted to pick it, the nurse's hostel, I'll be over there. Okay, that's where the southern side is. The southern side is. Mm. I am picketing parliament. So mm. you can't come and tell me I can't pick it here. I'm not obstructing traffic. I'm not hindering anybody to get in or out of parliament. parliament. Like Max Hurst's father and my grandfather were part of. I don't need a drugstore. Mm. <laughs> we're not doing any of that. Mm. Max, you remember? <laughs> that's our legacy, mm. right? We're not doing any of that. So just don't interfere with me. Anyway, they came out and thank goodness that um, the officer Wade, I don't even know what their titles are. He was a senior senior police yeah, officer. Yeah, he came and assistant he, commissioner. Assistant commissioner. He came in there and he cooled things down and mm -hmm. he, he realized that we have a right. There's lots of traffic coming up and flow. So in order to prevent anybody getting hard, we agreed to block off to the blocking off of one side of the road. Mm. That we can stand up in the road and the traffic can go back and forth on the other side. But you have to temper road traffic with our right to be there. And to deny us is a serious breach of our fundamental rights to express ourselves in the form of protests. So that is what we plan to do tomorrow. We're not going to do any of that stuff that happened back in 55, Mr. Hurst. We're going to be very peaceful. Is 55 or 51? 55 for oh. the old oh. store. Oh. 51 was for the Quinn Ferrara's um, picket. Quinn Ferrara? They, yeah, when they picketed him on Long Street and at his house. On, on what Factory were they Road. picketing him for? Um, that situation was a lady, I believe, she wanted to go to a Labor Day. And they told her, if you go, you're going to be fired. Mm. And that was really establishing Labor Day as a holiday. Yeah. Remember, it wasn't a holiday, you know. It wasn't mm. the, the first Monday in, in May, you go and, and sit on the beach. Mm. It was, um, can I go? Because the, the union is having a picket. No, you can't go. And they fired her. You understand? Mm. So that was one of the pickets that helped to establish that Labor Day. <laughs> Unless you, if you want to get picket in your house or at your place of business. Mm -hmm. You're gonna have to give the laborers a day to go and celebrate. Their so they did pick it both places, home they, they and pick it both places, home, business and home, home and business, and that is the, the the history that we have. In order to fight for the laborers, it wasn't a tea party. A lot of it wasn't nice. You understand? Nobody died, as far as I saw, for what they did. But people were intimidated, and it was for a good cause. At the end of the day, the laborers laborers are better off for what was done. Thank you for staying with us on this Wednesday afternoon. Of course, uh, we have with us uh, Attorney at Law, Via Bird, the third. Via, mm -hmm. uh, a quick question off the cup. Uh, is the magistrate court closed? From what I understand, it is, yes. I haven't been down there since last week, is last okay, well, meeting, no, but no. I heard that it was, um, no, it was no. closed. No, but I, I do know that they were intending to move from there because they, um, early in the year, they said they were going to move to the Transportation Board in Herberts. Mm. I believe that was too far to tout and difficult for the average person to get to. So they said they were going down by the new building that the Chinese built down at Knuckle Block. Yeah, but, but it, is that factual or is it just that rumors? No, well, I heard it from the staff and that they were supposed to move down there. Mm -hmm. the time I, I spoke didn't... to an attorney today and he told me that most of his cases was put back until July. Yeah. Yeah. That's, so that's, that's why I ask because I know that uh, you're an attorney at law in the court. Well, you know, Dave, and, uh, there's a sign up. But I don't know if the sign is still there. You know, Dave, the the, the magistrate court has been operating half day for the last several months. Yeah, but I know so, half day. But I'm just speaking about close because uh, uh, our uh, news reporters went there and there was a sign there. The door was closed and 
the staff did it in, indicate, indicated them that uh yeah that is uh, still around so yeah. i just wanted to know and i know for a fact uh, i think they said if you're having someone who needs to get bail yeah they can get bail they can go there to get the bail. first time first instance of cases whatever yeah. but mm-hmm. let me ask you this now because uh if if the magistrate court is closed, don't you have? Isn't it legal right for folks who are detained or on remand to get to the uh, courthouse like every week? Yes, but what they do is that the magistrate usually goes up to the prison right oh, now. Oh, so that that's that's part of it. You can go to the prison. Who can go to the prison? The magistrate. Yeah, they they do go to the so prison. So you don't necessarily have to come down to. Not not as such anymore. That was maybe looking for the maybe some magistrates do that still, but I know that some magistrate, the chief magistrate, was going up to the prison to deal with the remands. Okay. Or down at the Saint John's Police Station. Okay. So that has lessened the the load on I guess the the police and the the, the um the warden of the prison mm. prison officers to get the prisoners, find them, and. Make okay. sure they're safe and carry them to the... I was just curious school. about those things. Yeah. So we yeah. get back. The picketing is tomorrow. The picketing is tomorrow. Mm-hmm. And we are picketing Are you pleased of the, the, the coming together of the faithful nationals in an event like this? Of course. It's been very successful so far. I mean, time will tell. It's not an easy thing to keep a picket or pickets continuous every week. But we believe that most of the people in the Faithful Nationals are seasoned politicians, seasoned activists, people who have been here and done these things before. So I don't see any any um, slack off in the amount of protests. It is a bad deal. It is a giveaway. And something needs to be done. I hear they are talking about changing or changing certain terms and they're speaking to the cruise lines and so on, which was the cause. It wasn't us. It was this global ports holding, saying that they're going to increase the head tax. That was the cause. And that is what Mr. Aliner heard needs to come and tell the, the public and not blame an innocent picket for causing 39 or so cruise ships to not come to the destination. Mm-hmm. And, you know, when, you, when you, you, you lie to the public like that, there are people who will take that and to their grave and say, this is Veerbird and Faithful Nationals, and they were the ones that caused the boats not to come here. It is the cause of a government that did not think through a policy of you have no leverage against the cruise lines. You have no leverage so how are you going to go and demand from them an increase? What is the leverage? If we were an economic powerhouse and we were not a one um, industry, a tourism industry, we had several other industries that were burgeoning and could employ lots of our people, and we could say, we can take a hit. It is, if it's $5 ahead, it's $10 now. Take it or leave it. But the government has not created any other avenue to create an industry. So therefore, how are you going to go on demand an increase when you have no leverage? The plan for the True Labour Party since 2014, you know it better than us, we wanted to start an, a marijuana industry, a legal marijuana industry. Mm-hmm. Had that taken place since 2014, we believe by now that industry would have taken off and paid a lot of our bills, our national debt. We would have been in a position by now if the people had taken a second glance of what we were saying to actually have some leverage against yeah, the cruise you know, ship industry. You know, Go Green claim that. Go Green no, 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 no. Before, Go Green says no, he was no, the one. No, 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 yeah. no. Mr. Green, Mr. Green, Mr. Green. Mm. That was in our manifesto for 2014. Our manifesto came out after the Labour Party's own, mm. right? Mm. They came out, I believe, on a Friday. On the, on the Saturday, we launched our manifesto. 
Mr. Green's manifesto. I don't even know if it's in existence. But but, but I can get you the date when we had it in our manifesto. Mm. And we were talking about that all 2012 leading into the election of 2014 that we would like to legalize marijuana. He said the same thing, but he was not the first. Okay. That is what I remember and that is what we have. We have documentary evidence of when we said it. So now tell me this now. Uh, based on what the, the law now, uh, you you have a legal mind. Mm-hmm. Uh, the fact is that uh, you can uh, uh, get, uh, what it is, four trees? Uh, is it four trees? Three and trees or five three, trees or no, some of four trees. trees and 15 grams? Is it, it grams? Uh, uh, four <laughs> trees and fifteen grams. That's nice to know. I don't. I don't. I don't grow any trees in my house, or I haven't smoked a joint in a long time. I'm not gonna act like a prissy. I haven't smoked a joint in a long time. You see all that stuff and and the, the Rastafarian stuff and the smoking a weed and all that stuff. Mm. They never really affect me. I never get a high on that stuff, you know, Dave. Mm. The only way I got it, boy, I remember, was in Buckingham University after my constitutional law class, boy. I went over to a girlfriend's house mm. and, and they smoke? had they had no I didn't, it doesn't affect me when i smoke it no but, like, but, but but i never did i, I, I had a ganja cake what's a ganja two, cake yeah the marijuana's in the cake i had a ganja cake in oh, 2060 yeah. you don't remember dave the world turned upside down you don't remember what that? do you mean ganja it, cake it was something about yeah the ganja which they, world turned upside it's down is a betty crocker cake that they had some ganja list in it okay i think they gave it to some 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 school or something like that i don't know i don't know i'm like, saying my account is when i felt the high was a ganja cake but in but but you know i'm drinking the tea nightly now yeah oh is yeah is it good is it helping you or is well, it strengthening you well it's not a strength it makes me sleep oh well that's it good. relaxes me where they sell that? Is it, is it you do it yourself or you? Yeah, it's a, it's a tree. Your four trees. They give you a right for the four trees, but I don't have no trees, so somebody set me up. Oh, oh, I thought you had your own so plants. So I get the, the well, the plants, whatever. Now I get people pick plants and give it to me for my tea. Some oh. folks make the tea for me. Yeah, and I have it in the refrigerator. I'm serious. I'm serious. I drink the tea. I've yeah. never smoked a it's, cigarette. It's just, or, it's just or amazing. That never in my life. So many years and so much brutality has has been done to people over. But I drink a the plant. tea, man. I over a plant. Tea. It's something that we should have legalized a long time ago. I don't believe the government wants to legalize it because so many people would be empowered or or or. or, or enhance their financial wealth i believe they but, but if they even said they legalize it there has to be a policy that goes with you being able to uh, set up shop and do these that things. is what i'm saying you know a manifesto 2014 yeah all that there was a policy it was supposed to be like a statutory body mm. and then they set the rates where the statutory would buy the legal product you can't not everybody can just grow it and then you have to have a license mm. both the, the the license to grow and the license to sell and it's the statutory like body would be the, the the body that you can only sell it to them. To them. And then so the you won't who, be able to sell it on the street. And no, 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 no. That is inviting chaos. Mm. The whole idea was that the 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 you know who's harvesting because they have a license. Yeah. And you have spot inspections and you have to know how many trees and how many plants. But isn't that the way that I think they're planning to go? I don't know what they're planning to do, right? Mm. But I'm just saying that was 2014. Mm. We know yeah. 2019. We take a break. We take a break. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, we were at the point of the end. Frank, I tell me, stay away from the word marijuana. It says cannabis. Yes, cannabis. That's yeah, the word. Because marijuana, it. it sounds as a bad word. I yeah. like the sound of it. It's, the it's, marijuana? It's, it's, it sounds Latin. It's uh, Mexican. It, remember them <laughs> banditos, them old Western film, marijuana. <laughs> <laughs> I love that stuff, man. It sounds good. Okay, but there's a policy that you guys have. And, of course, like you said, you're not aware of the policy. I'm looking at the clock on the wall. I need to speak about something sure. that's taking place today. 
And, uh, well, it's been going on all week long. Mm -hmm. But uh, things have come to a head. We're at Barrymore Hotel. Uh, the Barbudans that were staying there, some were there before the hurricane. Uh, some were there because of the hurricane. Yeah. And uh, today, as I know they did before, but today we've been getting complaints about locks have been changed and people are told to get out of the building. They have no place to go. In fact, uh, they went to a break here because someone was trying to seek your services. Yes, and they will a, get that service. A, I will, I'll contact attorney. them as soon as but we finish But what do you say interview. about that? And uh, are those people, are you encouraging those folks? Because look at the situation like this. Barbudans are there. Mm -hmm. Barbudans, before the first election, when Mr. Nibs lost, yes. there were some words that were said. Yes. Uh, before the election, though, this council election, yes. they were told that, hey, you know, you have a deadline to get out. But after the election, now, there's not a deadline anymore. I hear police was down there, Nods was down there, Public Works was down there, and folks are being evicted. Yes. Now, if well, I can't even go there because they're not they're not paying rent. They they were there. They were holding. So, but, but do you invite those people to come and speak? Uh, they you, they hear you on the radio. Uh, someone is hoping that you can assist them because they don't have any money uh, for to file legal. Is there any legal way they can get out of this? How I don't know. I'll have to hear what what the individual complaints are. I remember everybody is is different circumstances. Why they're there before hurricane, after hurricane, but. The conditions from what I have heard that are in Barbuda, it is not a place that everybody can go back home even up to this point in time. A lot of the government services are not there. There's no banking service. So I believe that they're still under some state of emergency in that that, that community or that island is not functioning normally mm. up to this point in time. What is the central government doing about that? You know, I believe that they they need to really have somewhere where the people can go in Antigua. But don't you believe the central government is still working on developing Barbuda? I put in assisting them? I don't I know the details. It seems to be a, a, a two-track development. They are the rich folks with their catering for and cutting which up rich land. Folks? No, the rich folks? The, 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 the quote-unquote investors, or, oh, or we will call them speculators. Okay. Because there was a speculator over in Barbuda where he made, on a speculation, 10 million U.S. dollars. And he doesn't own the property. It's the Antiguans that own the property. But because he speculated, he made money on something that he didn't own. You understand? And that is what I'm saying. There seems to be a, a two-track. They want to put down International Airport. They want to give to Paradise Lost. And they want to have all these supposedly progress and development of the country. But how are you developing the country for the local people? You always hear this term, progress and development. And these are euphemisms. And I don't like euphemism. When you say progress, progress in what vein? How, what is the condition of the schools? What is the condition of the government services over in Barbuda? What is the condition so that people can find work over there and not have to travel over to Antigua and then maybe on long weekends travel back to Barbuda? But that is what I want to hear about the progress in that vein, not about progress about another speculator making $10 million off of something he doesn't own. Because that just happened two weeks ago. Huh? We go into that after you. Okay. Yes. Mm. And that is my real concern. But as I, as I always tell them, my grandmother is a Barbudan. Mm. They are cousins of mine. 
Mm-hmm. I will go over there or I will speak to the lady after. We'll try to see what, what her circumstances, what legal assistance I can give her. I don't like the way they're speaking to the Barbudans. And I've said so from day one since this hurricane. It is just horrible. It is disrespectful. I mean, when somebody is down, you're supposed to lift them up, not kick them further down than they are. The whole idea, I think there's one word. I don't care about all the deracinated nonsense the Prime Minister was calling the people. But I did not like when he tell them that they are squatters on a land, on an on a island where their ancestors had been for 300 years. You can't tell somebody they're squatters. And the results, they took it personal. And that is what happened last week. But the Prime Minister need to, to realize that you call them squatters, but these so-called squatters have a vote. And they did what they had to do to protect their rights over there. And you cannot talk about your, your democratic country and victimize people just because they exercise their constitutional right to say no to the Antigua Barbuda Labour Party. And I do believe what is happening on a Barrymore is a direct result because the ABLP got a trashing last, at last week council elections. That is what has happened. And they are vindictive and they're letting the people know, well, if I had uh, go vote for me, then I'm not going to say no, buy more hotel, any hotel in Antigua. But the people need to realize there's a picket going on tomorrow. And I'm stressing to all the Barbudans who were affected by this buy more um, victimization. Those who are not affected and you can come out will be down there tomorrow at Heritage Kitem Street, really, tomorrow at 9 o'clock. And bring your placards. Let the government know that we will defy this nonsense because the people need to rise up. And we are saying rise up, not violently, not overthrowing anything or damaging property. That's not what we're all about. I'm an officer of the court. Why am I going out there to cause damage to anybody's property? You understand? But it is a right to protest, and I, do, I believe Antiguans sit back and watch things happen to their country and do not get up and do anything. We're not asking you to go act like a, a hero out there. You know? We're not asking to be Superman. You can give us 10, 15, 20 minutes of time. You don't have to stay there for the three hours. Whatever time, even if you're going to do work in town or you're going to pay a bill or you have your errands, go do them. And when you pass through, come and pick up a placard. It's good for you, you know, Dave. I'm telling you, my cholesterol and my blood pressure down because all these pickets, you know, it's also very healthy for you. You're getting my, 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 my exercise, my, my, my constitutional walk. I, I get all of that. I'm losing my, my waist. I've lost about a, a, an inch off of my waist. My, my, my buckle, my, my belt buckle is, is, is tighter now, all because of picketing. So I do not just utilize picketing for political purposes. Mm. I utilize it for my health benefits. And, and you get vitamins from the sun. I get, listen, Dave, mm. I have a problem. My mm. doctor, Dr. Amudin, he told me in the, in the United States, he told me that I suffer from vitamin D deficiency. Mm. I need these pickets. Yeah. It's about my health. You understand? <laughs> I suffer from vitamin D and a borderline cholesterol. I tell people my situation. Mm. And I walk on the picket line. And I don't understand them. I'm not wanting them to just stand up on the picket line. Mm. I like to go back and forth. Up the road, down the road. Up the road, down the road. You build up a little, a little, um, your heart rate. Mm. And you get all the beautiful sun rays down on your skin. And it's good for you. It's mm. healthy. Uh, yeah. So man, the doctor is pleased. He said, <laughs> when I go up to the States, he said, <laughs> Oh, you've been picketing again. I can see from, <laughs> I can see from your results. <laughs> now, as we go into the, the picketing, the, uh, my main concern about Antigua and Barbuda is that we, we show respect for each other. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, we have an elected prime minister in Antigua and Barbuda, an elected government, but you show respect. But that does not 
deter you from picketing because picketing is legal. Picketing is legal. It's a constitutional right. But what I'd say more, I wish they would show the respect for the citizens, the way they talk to individuals, the way that Mr. Hurst, he was, he's the, um, was it chief of staff? Coming from the chief of staff in the prime minister's office saying that we held up a, 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 a bullhorn on the first flight down at Heritage Key and the, the captain of the, the cruise ship saw that. And he just said, like we say, hey, back up, back up there, back up tugboat, watch out the way. And he just pressed reverse and just got, got out of Antigua because of a, a, a piece of picking. Was that what he said? And that's how you paraphrase No, but it just sounds foolish to say that somebody could have just tell a whole group of 4,000 passengers, get back on the boat. <laughs> they are peacefully picketing out there. There's no incident that's IFR. We had about five to six pickets so far and, mm. and two public meetings. And there's not been one report to the police by a citizen or a resident or anybody on this cruise line of being interfered with. So what is the problem? That is what I want to know. What is What did we do that is so offensive? Are you sensitizing the members of the True Labour Party that maybe a time has come for a getting together of the uh, parties, uh, the sprinters' parties across Antigua and Barbuda, to come as one political entity uh, for the benefit of Antigua. No, they will, the, the True Labour Party is not going to join any uh, organization or dissolve or um, forget where we stand. We're a principal organization. We stand on what we believe, and that's the bottom line. Win, lose, or draw. Mm. That's where we are. If you're talking about a coalition, that's another story. But that's what I'm speaking Which of. we are, <clears throat> we have been speaking about with the UPP for many years now, at least four. But if you're saying that, you're going to see me carrying a UPP membership. No, I'm saying, a, no, card, I'm looking at the coalition. Story. Yeah, that's a possibility. That's a possibility. That's a, because uh, political parties do get together. All the time. Mm -hmm. All the time. There is the, the BPM and the UPP. That's a good example. They had the dissolve of the APP party back in the day with the ALP back in the, the mid, the early 70s. That, that, was, that was parties Henry, coming together Ron to Henry. form the Antigua. Well, the, the, the ALP was already formed, mm. but they were, were their own political organization, but they dissolved. And, and they become part of the part Antigua of the Party. And then there's the other day with um, Mr. Nicholas and the, what do they call it? O, o, OBM. Whatever. I don't remember the name, but I know that there was a party. I think they had a green. They were green also. They I were mean, green? Yeah, they're mm -hmm. like go green or something like that. And, Melford, and Ralph Francis was in there. <laughs> when <laughs> when Melford jumped out into the Labour Party, <laughs> they only knew after. <laughs> ah, you, you, you're not serious. You're making a joke of this. <laughs> no, I'm serious. That's I'm the way people, you know, for political gains, uh, basically, you want to get into power. I guess he felt he was on the outside looking in for too long. We in the true labor party don't mind if we we outside looking in for the rest of our lives. Mm. It's going to be based on principle, or it may never happen, and so be it. But a coalition can come together. It can happen, mm. but in in regards to us, um, people say, "Oh, yeah, never get in there." Okay, we may never get in there. Uh, who is the loser? Not us. <laughs> You're the loser. <laughs> you got thirty nine cruise ships that say they're not coming into Antigua and Barbuda in September. Is October, it September or, yeah. or later down? Oh, oh, oh sorry, um, November, 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 from November, yeah. correct, yeah, mm -hmm. from November and later down. Mm -hmm. Because For the 2019-2020 cruise ship season. This brilliant government determined that they had leverage. 108 square mile and... Yeah, they had 62. 100, uh, and 62. Mm -hmm. but I'm not sure about the is right now, as of last week. <laughs> and today, what they did with them and Barrymore. But you have 108 square mile with about 100 
people on there and you think you have some leverage against the cruise industry but let, let me That's let me let me, let me look at this though, because you know I, I don't like to have one track mind uh the fact is that uh the the folks at barrymore yeah were were there based and because uh, if my memory served me correct there's some folks who were there uh Prior to the Antigua Labour Party taking office in 2014, mm-hmm. there were Bob Udens that was there. Yes, I've heard so. Yeah, because when, when the United Progressive Party was in power, yeah. and Mr. Trevor Walker uh, was the, uh, I think he was at Public Works some, someplace. He was at Public Works yeah. at some point. But, but there were Bob Udens that was living there. Yeah. Okay, there was a Bob, Bob Udens that was living there with all that they were working they're working for government they're getting paid yeah and, and then instead of traveling they, back to barbuda well, i don't but i know they were there yeah they were there because yeah. the inconvenience of going back yeah but but with the makings of the government well, what i'm hoping or what i thought would have happened is the government because of the fact that they said that they need uh the venue uh for uh workers who are coming in to assist antigua and barbuda i thought that it would go out of their way to find some place for them, not for them to pay for it, yeah. but to find something, some place, instead of this changing their locks and putting them out. I mean, that's inhumane, yeah. isn't it? It is. I mean, you have to listen to each individual case and find out what happened, what is before, no, what during, I'm saying, after. What I'm saying is that here we are, you know you're going to do these things, you know they were there. Yeah. Uh, there's so many places not you could negotiate with people who have places. I mean, the Barbudans were working. You said, listen, you have to pay to stay here. Yeah. But we need, but just to put you out. Yeah. And you have no place to go. It's a bit harsh. No, I, I find that rather difficult. Although yeah. you would have given them notice. And uh, some may willfully tell me now move. But there are others down there who will have circumstances that they could not move. But now that you put them out, if it is true, yeah, where do they go? Where are you going to go? The fines? <laughs> is fines operating? I don't oh, know yeah, they fines do. operating. <laughs> they move them into the nurse's hostel. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. We did see them uh, when you pick it in uh, on Thursday. That, okay, that's where they are now, yeah. Yeah, so, they move them there. Where actually, I thought that was one of the places that the, the government said after the hurricane that they were developing up there for the Barbudans. They did. They but did then, say but that. But that some folks, uh, there was a time when the folks from there... The time has come. They said, folks, you have to find some place to go. Yeah, well, I mean... And th- some did. But I'm just looking at the point where irrespe- you know, two wrongs don't make a right. And I'm just saying, as human beings, you know, you don't change my luck if that's what happened. Yeah. And well, put me out I will, just like that. I will be talking to some of them after this interview to find out what actually happened and if there's something that we can do. But, but in the I, law to no, address it. I, I just we'll believe our, our, our government is, it should be a sensitive government. And I, I do believe that there's something should have just give them some, some place to stay, some place to go. They would be responsible for it. Yeah. But now, if they're out in the street, what do they do? That's a good question. That's a good question, Dave. I don't it's know. It's inhumane. Yeah. Yeah. But um, I would say that after this interview, I will go and speak to a few of them and see what can be done. If well, anything at all. they were reaching out for you yeah. because they've heard you on the program. So I it do. Is, it is it's terrible what has been done to the Barbudans. And it's even worse so that it, a lot of this venom was started or perpetuated by the Prime Minister in his comments towards the Barbudans after that destructive hurricane in a time like that you have your leader you expected to go over there and to commiserate with the people it seems to be that only lasts about 24 hours and after that 
they were squatters, they were deracinated, they, they're lazy, they don't want to work, they want everything for free. By the way, I look at the Barbudans, the Prime Minister is the one that touted the CIP program, right? And they're saying the Barbudans do not contribute, they don't pay taxes, they don't do this, they don't do that in a country to national development. When you're selling an Antiguan Barbuda passport, is the Prime Minister selling just the Antiguan part? 50% no. of the power? Antiguan or he said Barbuda. the Antiguan Barbuda. So, so you mean are they contributing that? their passport to your... You remember, this is, was the economic powerhouse and part of the way it was going to be channeled was the CIP. We got to go. We okay. got to go. Fair we'll pick enough. it as tomorrow. Tomorrow, 9 o'clock. See you days, ladies and gentlemen. Okay. It's good for your skin and you get your exercise. Thanks a lot. Uh, attorney at Law Vibra, the third chairman of the True Labour Party. Thanks a lot for being with us this afternoon. That's going to do it for connecting with Dave Lester Bain for today, Wednesday, the, oh, I must say 9th, the 3rd of April.